You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. On tonight's episode, we're going to be breaking down an Auburn Tigers win over the Ole Miss Rebels by the score of 67 to 58. Your number 15 Auburn Tigers record now stands at 24 and 4 on the year and an 11-4 for their SEC conference record. We're going to break down all the action storylines from this game and to do so I brought in my friend and co-host Mr. Drew Hooper. Drew, we did not succumb to the Ole Miss curse. How does it feel? Uh, I mean, we tried to. Like, <laughs> like we really wanted one of that loss very badly, but it just so happened that Ole Miss isn't a good team it's it's very confusing because here's the thing you and i discussed this in preseason when we broke down schedules sec schedules that we really didn't feel comfortable predicting the Ole Miss games because of the crazy things that happen whether it's a marshall henderson uh andy kennedy being their former head coach uh just for inexplicably losing to them when we are clearly the better team it's happened all throughout previous seasons and thankfully this year the Tigers do not succumb to it, even though, as you brought up, they tried to. Uh, what do you? What is this thing with Ole Miss? Is it, is it just one of those teams that has our number typically, or is there something that we actually do when we play them that causes us to lose so often? I think it comes down to both Andy Kennedy and Kermit Davis now are very good coaches. Yes. I, I think that's really what it boils down to because they don't get the top players. They They're not overly talented teams they've they've always had maybe like one little spark plug that they can really get it done but otherwise they're always working behind the eight ball as far as players go just because it, it's Ole Miss it's not a great basketball recruiting area that they're getting beat by teams like Memphis and even Arkansas who has a deeper pedigree of winning in their history with a national championship on their resume you look at Mississippi State who just seems to be able to get more done because they've had quite a few quality coaches come through there as well. So they're they're fighting an uphill battle in that. And I, I think it really comes down to why they give us good games is because they've had really good coaching hires. I, I think Andy Kennedy should have never been fired. I thought he was phenomenal there. Uh, I know this isn't a soapbox for Andy Kennedy, but I think <laughs> I think he'll land somewhere. Like I, I, He's a very highly talented coach, yeah. very smart coach, and did a lot more – I don't think Ole Miss knew what they were getting rid of, but they managed to get Kermit Kermit Davis over there, and I think he's going to be right in that Andy Kennedy mold of success at Ole Miss. What I'm starting to get the feel of for Auburn and for Bruce Pearl specifically is, you know, we used to have at least the not this season so much, but the past couple seasons, there's a little bit of a, a rivalry and kind of back and forth with Frank Martin in South Carolina. They've taken a, a step back this year. Um, at least for the time being. 
But, you know, with Kermit Davis being such a great coach and then him having at least one, as you called it, spark plug, it does feel like there's going to be for some time now uh, a chance for Auburn to always have an opportunity to lose to Ole Miss, whether it be they have the better talent or they just have better coaching right now. It just appears that's going to be the better coaching. But I do agree with you. I think they've had some great coaches, and that's the thing that keeps them from falling into the doldrums that is places like Tuscaloosa and Alabama basketball in a hangar for uh, your people to come and watch you play some type of game that's basketball. Anyway, uh, enough about our rivals. Let's talk more specifically about this game. I think the big storyline, obviously, in this one, Drew, is the return of Isaac Okoro. Were you expecting him back in this game? Uh, I was expecting him back, didn't want him back. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to see another game of this team trying to figure it out. And Mm. honestly, like, they did have to figure it out at times because while Bruce didn't play him the amount of minutes he was looking at, he still kept him out for long spurts of the game. And I mm-hmm. think that that helped this, that helped kind of kill two birds with one stone, get a Coro back, work him back in, get him at game pace going into UK. I, I don't think you wanted him coming back against UK. I think you wanted to get a game underneath him, but it also gave this Auburn team stretches where they had to figure it out without him. Here's what I agree with on Coach's part, and you've already uh, said it here, is I do think he needed to come in and see game action to what degree and uh, how much is up for debate. But I do think he needed to see some time before UK. But I I would have loved it if Coach Pearl could have stuck to his original plan. And some of that is not his fault. Uh, That's part of the – well, I I guess everything is his fault since he's the head coach. Technically, everything falls on him, but – you know, the players that were in there did not maintain control of the game throughout the entire time, kind of necessitating using him and his talents a lot more. Coach Pearl originally was planning to use him in, and I heard this on the post game, four minutes, uh, four times for four minute stretches, totaling to about 16 minutes of play. So when you actually look at that for Okoro, he played 27 minutes. That's 11 more minutes than he was supposed to be playing uh, in this thing. So. My hope is that we didn't strain anything. I, did you catch anything watching him play, Drew, that seemed like he maybe had a hitch in his step or anything? No, he looked like he typically does. I, I think it was one of those that at first he wasn't driving as much, but whenever he knocked on that first drive, he really kind of kicked it back into gear. I, I think they were protecting him a little bit, not switching as much on defense or, or switching more often with him. He typically sticks with his guy and really face guards him hard. He wasn't doing that as much this game. And so maybe that was protecting him because he's not running around consistently. He's able to, to get a, a slight breather on the defensive end from time to time. But other than that, I really didn't see an issue with him at all. I didn't notice uh, too many uh, things or anything really for that matter. And what I was encouraged by, I think one play that sticks out of my mind right now uh, was about first five minutes of the second half when he got the ball out at the three-point arc and then started backing in, uh, dribbling up against his opponent. They're kind of using, you know, obviously the hamstrings a lot there, which he strained. And I, I thought that was a good sign that he's in a good place with that injury. Uh, doesn't mean it can't be uh, hurt further or uh, anything at this point. But um, I was thankful that the extra minutes that uh, they weren't intending to use him didn't, seem to do anything now I'm sure we're sitting here talking about it and he's probably sitting in an ice bath right now because I'm sure that thing is at least tired after having to sit down for some time and I think Isaac is ready to kind of burst back out onto the senior he only scores 10 points tonight 
uh, in this game in 27 minutes. Uh, and, and not one of his most stellar games, but obviously not going to be after you come off uh, from uh, you know that type of injury there. So um, the one thing that I think is a little bit discouraging for me tonight is how the rest of the team responded around him tonight. Austin Wiley had a great game, 15 points, 11 rebounds. I think, how many is that now double doubles for him on the year, Drew? You got a number? Mm, I think at last check it was 10, but I'll, I'll double check while you ramble a little bit. I, <laughs> thank you for that. I, I do think it's in double digits there. Uh, I think he is the one bright spot on the offense tonight. Uh, like I said, the leading score with 15 points and 11 rebounds. Jalen uh, Williams, fought. man. Don't don't be that guy. That's true. I, you know, look, I, I was not going to forget about him, so why don't you tell me what you loved about Jalen Williams? I thought, I thought Purifoy had a pretty good game, too. Man, you're, there, there's only a couple of targets we need to be targeting right now as far okay. as bad games go. Okay, but, well, before we get to the bad games, tell me about what you loved about the other players' games. I thought Jalen Williams really has – he knows his role, which yeah. is exactly what you want from a freshman. Like, he, he's not trying to do too much. And as far as, like, our highest offensive ratings go, and these are adjusted for game time and all that, we're we're getting our most out of Okoro, Wiley, and Williams last night. Right. Those were, those were our highest rated – or not even highest rated. Wiley was actually lower rated than Purefoy. I think that's just because he missed some bunnies there at the end of the game. But all all three of those guys in Wiley, Purefoy, and Williams really played within their role well. Purefoy came out the gates hot. Like, just – he got two breaks off of steals right off the that's bat. Re- really came – and I thought played a full game. And Purefoy hasn't played a full game in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been there on the defensive end but really hasn't scored. I think we all expected him to score more than he has this year, but really uh, I'm fine as long as he's not hurting us. And uh, I, I think all these players are, are are playing quality basketball. Williams just has a knack for knowing where the ball is going to come off the rim, uh, both on defense but specifically on offense. And I think that, that bodes well going forward because you, you have other players who play his position uh, – I'll just go ahead and say it, Anthony McLemore, <laughs> don't, don't you your do boy, that to me. <laughs> who who just he's not playing well. Yeah. He was our lowest offensive rated player. He was um, he has the highest turnover rate on the team currently, and he's just he just seems lost at times. Uh, I don't know what Bruce needs to do to really get him reengaged and focused and playing like we saw him in non conference and the beginning of SEC play. Uh, I don't know if it's just becoming a new father this year or what's going on, but he's been lost in all of this. And there's a, a three-headed monster right now that, that really hurts Auburn chances going forward, and that's McLemore, um, McCormick, McCormick, and Dowdy. Yeah. Those are our three that whenever there's long droughts, it's typically because they are leading those droughts. There's there's a lot in there you just said I want to address and and I gotta I gotta defend my boy Macklemore a little bit okay I, I'm not gonna sit here and say that he's played a great uh, round of games here and I do agree his his best moments this season have been at the very beginning of it I, part of me wonders though Drew has you know because of the way this team is sh- was shaping up before the Okoro injury and things like that has he kind of lost his role on the team? You talk a lot about Jalen Williams knowing his role. I'd really just feel like with Okoro kind of being the defensive leader, 
you know, there's not as many opportunities, I feel like, Anthony to do what he used to do all the time and bl- is block shots. And he just was a master at that in earlier seasons. And I can't really think of the last time I've seen Anthony McLemore make a really good block shot on this one. So if I'm Bruce Pearl personally, if I'm going to try to refocus Anthony, I think I start there. I start with his defense and then let him still kind of take a couple of three-pointers here every once in a while. But if we can really get him energized with that defense again, those things that we got used to seeing with him in the first couple seasons with him, I think will come through and shine again. But but, yeah, but I, here's, your, here's your pushback to that. Okay. Uh, he is engaged on the defensive end. Like, like Bruce is putting him in good spots. Anthony is fouling at about four and a half fouls a game right now. Right. Like he, he is not – He's not the same shot blocker that he was even last year coming back from his injury. Mm-hmm. There, There is something mentally wrong, like not as he has a mental deficiency or something like that. Like there is something in his head right now that he is not confident in whatever he needs to be doing. And it shows like he he either pulls the shot very quickly or he hesitates a lot. And on the defensive end, he he's never getting to the right spot. Uh, he used to just be able to sniff it out, and now he is going straight through the body of most players, and he's getting a lot of hand check fouls. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he is putting himself in areas that he doesn't need to be the majority of the time on the defensive end, and I, I really don't I, – I think Bruce is putting him in good spots. I don't think Anthony is playing to the level he expects himself and the level we've all come to expect from him. Well, and here's the thing is I think he's had some cold sports before in, in, in previous times, and – my hope is that he's going to figure this thing out before uh, you know conference uh, championship time starts and obviously the, the tournament time starts because, I mean, I do agree that there is three players we keep kind of keying off of right lately, and I'd, I'd like to see him, especially for my sake, uh, become less of a liability because we know that he has the capability to make a huge impact on this team. There's a reason you're the first person off the bench, but you need to start earning that position off the bench. You need to earn the sixth man award, so to speak. So I really would like to see him not just score some points, but defensive wise, make it a little bit smarter plays well, here. And let me let me add, let me heap on a little bit because that's just that's keep it. Just, my just role keep it coming. Uh, since the last Ole Miss game, whenever he really took over in that second half, got 19 points, played out of his mind, uh, he shot 15% hmm. and made two three pointers. Like that that's just unacceptable like that you need to find some way to get baskets and i think it starts with playing his actual position not settling for three-point shots but actually getting in the paint and getting to the free throw line drawing some fouls all that uh i've, I've seen far too much of him going one-on-one at the top of the key as if he is a a wing or something like that and that's just not his role and yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm really hypercritical. I was very disappointed in the game last night. I thought Auburn came out with the opportunity to really put their foot on their throat and end it early, and we we screwed around with it. And it was a disappointing game from a lot of players last night. And I think Anthony's got to get it going, not like scoring buckets galore, but just figuring out what's going on with them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're really just a few key pieces here or there kind of figuring out everything here for this team being not unstoppable but uh very hard to beat for anybody in the country and you and i have talked a lot about how there's a lot of parity this season and if auburn can get at least two out of the three figured out 
it's going to be really dangerous for any other team to to play them coming up forward here. And, you know, a lot of that is for Auburn's success is going to be contingent if these pieces don't start getting figured out about guys like uh, Jalen Williams. I know we've already mentioned him a little bit, but let's come back to him because I think he is, again, another bright spot here. Uh, whether it's a flashy dunk here or there, you you said it best that he just seems to know where to be. The old um, proverb, I'll call it, the uh, know your role and shut your hole <laughs> comes up when I think about Jalen Williams. I wonder, though, Drew, is it simply that there's not a lot of game film on him and is he just able to find spaces to be open uh, because we don't – not a lot of uh, there's not a game film people aren't able to kind of prepare for him or is it simply that he really just knows where to be which do you think it is right now I think I think he just knows where to be I think he has a natural instinct because what he's doing is let's look he he missed one three-point shot I thought he was open it was a good shot he missed it it, it is what it is like he's not sitting out there shooting four or five three-point shots he had two putback dunks um, scouting tape does nothing for you on putback dunks and then he had one really good just back down jump shot. And I, I think you look at the assist he had going through his legs, uh, backing down a guy right. to Purefoy. Like, that's quality vision. Like, mm-hmm. knowing knowing what you can do. He had another good assist in the open floor. He is rebounding well whenever he's in the game. Like, he's boxing out. And even if he's not getting the rebound, his guy's not getting the rebound. Uh, he, he had two good good blocks there in the second half uh, I, I think yeah it's going to get harder when they get more tape on him but it, it's not like we've built an offense around him and we're expecting him to score or anything I, I I think that is what's going to make it easier for him is that he's going to come and play his role be able to get his points uh it's not like he is doing one particular thing that they can hone in on or anything like that he's just right. playing good basketball so let's talk about another bad thing, and that obviously is the guard play right now, which honestly, whether you, you like the, the style of play of Samir Dowdy and Javon McCormick, you can't argue that, especially during the rough stretch, they were scoring, for the most part, a decent amount of points for the team and weren't getting a lot of support. Uh, in this game, Javon McCormick only scores six points, Samir Dowdy 14 points. What were they not doing tonight that wasn't working? Uh, they were not getting the team into their offense yet again until about 10 seconds left in the shot clock. And it, it, the the stat that bothers me the most at all this is McCormick in his assist rating, which means the amount of possessions that you were on the court that ended in assist. You are the point guard. You had the lowest assist rating on the team. Mm-hmm. Like That's not good. That's not good. Like, of the starting five, you had the lowest assist rating. Like, that that's just weird and unacceptable. And I, I don't think like McCormick shot poorly yesterday. I don't think he took ill-advised shots. Okay. Um, so I, I think like he's really settled down and not just needing to pull up all the time. I think Dowdy is very content right now to dance and then pull up a shot. And he turned the ball over five times yesterday. And that's just not good. He, they both need to be getting into the lane getting to the free throw line and setting up their other teammates. Because right now the the floor is not spaced enough to be able to dance and shoot your three the way you want to. I think Auburn really had a good play that I wanted to see more of, but we only did it one time is Ole Miss dropped into a two, three zone. You have McCormick, you had Jalen Williams, you had Wiley, you had Dowdy and Purefoy, I believe on the court. And they zipped that ball around so quickly and just, 
blasted old Mrs. Zone open. And then re- next time we come down, we just dribble at the top of the key, acting like we've never seen a 2-3 zone before. Mm-hmm. And it's just really trying to figure out, like, are you coming ready to play? Or are you just out here to to have 40 minutes of basketball that you play and then nothing matters? It, it's it, There just seems to be a lack of passion in wanting to, to win at a high level. And, I mean, that bothers me as a high-level athlete uh out there like you want to see them giving it their all every game and just sometimes it doesn't look like they're showing up to the office ready to give it their all well i can tell you this much if they uh, play that way uh for me obviously this next game coming up here we'll talk about in a second uh they're going to get their butts handed to them but also when it comes tournament time they will get their butts handed to them as well and i know we've talked a lot about individual games tonight thus far but let, let's talk about two stats that I think were crucial to almost Auburn giving up uh, a comeback for Ole Miss here, and that is turnovers and free throws. Free throws were 67% tonight. You knocked down at least five of those there that you missed, and this game is pretty well out of reach because you can't even account for the timing of those free throws. Turnovers, another huge thing. A lot of these came in the second half alone. We talked about Samir Dowdy giving up five turnovers, dancing at the top. But there's turnovers spread across the board here. Javon McCormick had two. Purifoy had one. Uh, Okoro had two. Okoro's uh, for charges, so we'll uh, get those and, down. You know, that's, and that's true. I mean, granted, it's a different type of turnover, but it's still a turnover. Uh, so, Drew, I got to say this. I mean, I think, yes, I'm glad that Auburn comes away with the win here. And looking at this, you know, the actual score here, it looks like a somewhat comfortable win. But gosh, this could have been a lot easier on us Auburn fans and hearts if they had just knocked down a free, few free throws and been a little less careless with the ball. Yeah, I think it could have. And uh, I just really, I, I don't know at this point in time. Like, we are at the twilight of the season. I don't think it's getting better. I, I, I <laughs> don't think tell we are, me that. <laughs> I think we are what we are. Like, if they haven't woken up by now, they're not going to. But I also think this Auburn team has shown they play up to their competition. Yeah. And that's why I think we'll give Kentucky a good game. I don't know if we'll win at Rupp, but I think we'll give Kentucky a good game because they are a tough team. Yeah. Uh, just like I think Bruce finally woke them up against Tennessee and like they gave Tennessee a game and ran away with it. And mm-hmm. so I think like it, I hate that Auburn does that because that's going to get you in the tournament. There's so many decent teams this year and not many good teams that you can't play to the level of your competition in the tournament. And I, I, I'm interested to get your opinion. So brackets have updated a little bit. Uh, Auburn's projected as a four seed. Fair? Not fair. I, I still think it's fair. Um, I, I think they're giving us a lot of grace for what happened with Okor and his injury and the struggles during that, and they're anticipating, obviously. Well, and know. everyone and their brother lost over the past two weeks, too. Like and Duke, that, Duke yeah. took a 20-point loss and then lost again to wake forest last night right yeah no so i think there's a lot that's been in auburn's favor to keep them in that spot there uh so i'm not just you know saying that auburn's done everything to keep themselves in the position that they're in but they've had a little help along the way and that's kind of just how it is and not just in basketball but in sports a lot of the times you got to have a little bit of help along the way and uh, i think it's fair at this point but let me flip it over to you obviously these rankings 
don't matter as much, but I think they're a good gauge of the perception of the team, and that's the AP poll. It's the one that everybody keys off of that doesn't pay attention to the, the net rankings and so to speak. But we, we moved back from 13 to 15 after uh, the loss that we had to Missouri, the loss that we had to Georgia, but you know, getting the win against Tennessee at home. Do you think that's fair for us only to move back two spots, or did we deserve to fall back further? No, I think we're we're right where we probably should have been. I yeah. mean, it, there's so many losses happening right now. I mean, there they if they were to just bomb Auburn out and like drop him into the 20s, I, I think that there would have been so much uproar from other people, not Auburn people, of like what in the world's going on? Like we're watching all these other teams play poorly, and you keep moving them up, and you're going to bomb a team that has a very good record and has beaten some quality teams and you're going to drop them down. Yeah. I, I think that was right where Auburn needed to be. Uh, I do want to ask you one more question about the tournament. Yeah. Uh, looking at CBS and ESPN, uh, both have us as a four seed. CBS has us playing Vermont with a second round matchup, potentially of Colorado or East Tennessee state. And then um, ESPN has us playing Stephen F. Austin with a potential second-round matchup of Colorado or Liberty again. Looks like Colorado may be the team we are going to be keying on if we make it to the second round. But uh, Stephen F. Austin and Vermont, favorable matchups for Auburn in the first round? For some reason, I don't want to face Stephen F. Austin. I don't know why. Because uh, they had Chris Beard a few years ago, made a good run. Chris Beard's long gone to Texas Tech. Now. Don't I have know. Don't about that I get that, and I get that. You know, we see these teams just have these upstart years with they have a star player, but there's something about that Stephen F. Austin name that just doesn't make feel makes me feel uneasy. And I know Vermont has made a little bit of noise too, and not too distant past. But I say, if you give me a choice, Vermont is the one that I'm going to choose it, with the knowledge that we're mo- more than likely fi- seeing a Colorado team out of the Pac-12 after that. Yeah, I. I would prefer I, – I think both of them are fine matchups. I, I don't think we get got by either of those two teams. I, I don't like the CBS bracket with the Colorado ETSU because I think ETSU yeah. can upset Colorado and then turn around and beat the tar out of us too. Um, so uh, I don't like that one. I prefer to either face Colorado or face Liberty in that second round. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely not, uh, take anybody over ETSU at this point. You know, they, they've obviously taken a few losses this season. Once they but got they're the going to be an play. at-large from a SOCON if they lose. Like, yes. that's insane to think about. Yes, that's, that tells you how good they are. So let's yeah. let's hope that one doesn't come to fruition uh, because that will be another tough road to Auburn uh, to the Sweet 16, much less the final four Elite Eight at that point. Uh, but we'll see how it keeps updating throughout the weeks here. Uh, to get to that point, though, let's talk about this next game. And, and it's uh, round two for Auburn and Kentucky, uh, the two best teams in the SEC face off again. Auburn obviously getting the uh, win in the first matchup uh, at Auburn Arena. This time we're heading to Rupp Arena. The game is at 245 Central Time this Saturday, the 29th, and you can watch it on CBS. Number eight, Kentucky. Versus number fifteen Auburn. Kentucky is at twenty three and five on the year, thirteen and two at, in the SEC. Now, Drew, I will say this: I, I while this is not a battle, a true battle for uh, a championship in the SEC, because even if Auburn were to win, they will still be a game back from Kentucky. But really, this is a game. This is a battle for first place because. If Kentucky can win this game, it pretty much, in my mathematical head, ensures them the championship. Is that the way you kind of understand it, too? 
Yes. They, they will win the championship if they win this game. Uh, they're... There's just no way around it. Right. I don't think Kentucky. I think if Auburn wins this, I, I, I unless Kentucky comes out with an injury or something, I still think they win the SEC. But at least it gives you a a fighting chance. Um, yeah. But I think I think you want to win this game more, not to challenge Kentucky, but you don't want to fall behind LSU or Florida behind you or yeah. who else is behind us? There's someone else behind us. Whatever. Arkansas. No, Arkansas is a five and nine man. <laughs> oh, that's right. Gosh, they have. They're way off. down there. Yeah, but like you don't want to fall behind them because actually Arkansas would be a team you're playing, and they have Isaiah Joe coming back. Yeah. So like you don't want to fall behind. This is fighting for the chance to play a Georgia, a Ole Miss, a Vanderbilt, rather than playing an Arkansas or a Alabama. I like I don't want to face Alabama again. Like yeah. I'm, I, I just don't want that game. And so I think you have to. You have to fight to win this game, not to try and win the SEC while that's going to be icing on top. It's really to not fall behind the teams behind you. Yeah. It, it, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm excited for the opportunity to put ourselves in a position to still compete for uh, a first-place finish in the SEC with a little bit of help. Again, we've already discussed a little bit in this episode about getting some help from other places. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's obviously that's fun, but – we're looking for things beyond just the SEC at this point. So I think that's very important for us to get the win just for that fact alone here. And, you know, you look at Kentucky, they've gone undefeated since the Auburn loss in Auburn Arena, which is, you know, I would say slightly impressive. They beat in Florida. Uh, they beat LSU at LSU. Um, so I think they have rebounded fairly well. And does that worry you at all? I, no. Okay. Like, I, I mean – no, like, I, just, <laughs> I really have no other educated opinion other than that. Well, no, and I think it's a fair opinion. I think it goes uh, speaks to the way, the way we perceive Kentucky now. You know, it used to be, oh, Lord, here comes Kentucky. We're going to, you know, they, we got a snowball's chance to win this one. We have a chance, but it ain't much of one. But this is really, you know, the, the way things have changed now is you get to the Auburn-Kentucky game, and there's a reason that CBS is picking up this game in the middle of the afternoon is because they know this is where the college football eyes or college football, the college basketball mm. eyes are going to be uh, on this day is because they want to see how the sec is going to shake out. And I think this is a very crucial game, not just for the sec, but for the landscape of college basketball and th- how things are going to shape out going forward. So all eyes will be on Rupp arena and can the Kentucky wildcats get a little bit of revenge. Emmanuel quickly is their leading scorer right now. And Nick Richards, their leading rebounder. Ashton Hagens, what's what's going on with him? I, I thought he was supposed to be the man, Drew. Oh, he's still Cal's boy. <laughs> His stats may not be there, but Cal loves him. He's so far up him right now that, like, <laughs> I mean, Emmanuel quickly go out and shoot a person. Cal would go, man, he's starting for us next game. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Cal, Cal loves loves him because he is a upperclassman uh, with the, the great sophomore uh, upperclassman, you know, that leads – teams typically uh kentucky's good like ej montgomery's trash glad he didn't come to auburn Thank but, uh kentucky's a good team i, I think it's really going to be key for wiley to get richards in foul trouble yep. or to get him off his game again i i think you take richards out of it you, you cancel everything out mm-hmm. uh because then their guards really have to start carrying the load and while capable they don't often do it well and right. so I think as long as they don't have a steady diet down low, you're you're pretty much good to go. 
Yeah, and that's something I was going to say, too. You took the words right out of my mouth. Richards, I think, is the key to this game here. You take him out. I think I'll take Auburn's defense and what they've shown the capability to do uh, any day versus their guards. So we'll see how that shakes out, the battle for the SEC this Saturday. Before we got it here, I want to give you an update on the women's program. Uh, sadly, another loss for them, but it, this was uh, against a very good team, number 16, Texas A&M. They did lose quite a bit, 85-54. Uh, to 54. Their next game is at Missouri. Very winnable game for them, uh, the 27th, uh, this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can watch it on the SEC Network Plus. Uh, Drew, before we get out of here, let's give our contact information. You can find me on Twitter at TigerI24. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Drew underscore Hoop, H-O-O-P-0-2. Thank you all for listening to this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?